Happy Friday, y'all. It's March 1st. There's a nine-game slate in the NBA. It's your host, Jeff Clark. Welcome back to the Outkick Bets podcast, the NBA betting show. I got the homie David Troy here to help me break down the games. I went one and two Thursday. Took another rough beat. I got absolute schnook, David. I gave out the Miami Heat plus five, hoping Tyler Hero would play. Pulled the same shit last year in the NBA Finals. <laughs> and he never got out there. And just like the handicap that I wrote for it without Tyler Hero playing just completely sucked. And I lost. However, had I bet the closing line of six and a half, I would have won. Because Denver beat Miami 107 or 103 to 97. Hit two. Go ahead on the spread free throws as time expired or in the final seconds. And just another day of dick mutilation in basketball. David, help me put it back together. Help yeah. me put my I dick mean, back I'm together. Not really sure how to respond to any of that, but uh <laughs> Yeah, we'll try and get it done. I mean, I I was on the magic with you yesterday, so I'm happy about that. I was telling you I was kicking myself because I was gonna bet the bucks to go over 115 points <laughs> and i was really wrong <laughs> in that game well uh, they had they I score they had, like 70 in the first half and then they yeah. scored 37 in the second half or something like that. yeah yeah so but it, it's things like that 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 was part of the reason that i decided not to play it because i was like what if they just decide not to try at some point and that's exactly what happened so Garbage time uh, it is works the worst out. time for overs. Yeah, it works out well for me uh, because I already had put a play on them in for today's game against the Bulls, so I'm sure we'll get to that. You know what pisses but. me off most about losing that Heat game is I'm doing today what I started to kind of do yesterday, which is I just write down what I think the scores are without looking at the lines. And... I'll compare them to the lines, and if one's way off, I'll try to figure out where I'm mistaken or if I um, have an edge. Yeah, if I have an edge. And yesterday, I wrote down the score for the Heat um, Nuggets, and I had a lot better edge on the under. I ended up sneaking in a half-unit bet on the under last night, which cashed pretty easily by like 14 and a half points. But because I already locked in a bet, the night before on the heat, I was just like, all right, I'll give it out. I'll give it out. I'll go with this. Instead, I won't play the total. And I should have just ate the loss in the heat and given out the uh, total. Instead, I uh, dropped the unit publicly. And so I'm going to go back to, or I'm going to get on the trend that I should have yesterday, which is I'm just going off of my notepad here. I wrote down scores. Then I reverse engineered how I got there and where the line is different. And hopefully that's a winning formula because I'm down 13.7 units currently. And this is the final month and a half of the regular season. So I'm really hoping my back's not against the wall heading into the playoffs like it was last year, David. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I didn't expect you to say that that was your issue with um, 
the game last night, I thought you were going to say it was that Terry Rozier ruined you once again because yeah. he's the he's the reason that the Heat didn't cover. Uh, having the ball bounce off his knee and then they had to foul and that gave the Nuggets a six point lead. Otherwise, the Heat probably would have covered. So, man, this is why you're my favorite Outkick <laughs> Bets co-host. You actually remember what I said. You know. Terry Rozier screws me one way or the other. If I That's fade right, him, he's going to put up 35. If I bet on him, he's going to dribble the ball off his leg. That is what Terry Rozier does to me. Good call, David. Uh, I should have blamed him because I, I don't like taking the blame, and I took the blame this morning in my handicap or in my write-up and right here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm not a bad handicapper, okay? There's some times where the guys that I bet on let me down. That's how that works. They let me down. I, I'm with you. I'm I fully wrong. agree with that. They suck. So, in that vein, let's run it back. It's Friday. Let's do There's it. nine games. All right? We're starting the 7 o'clock window. I have a bet in the first game we're going to talk about. That's the Cleveland Cavaliers at my Detroit Pistons. <laughs> Never been to Michigan even. But I just love betting on this team. Cost me a lot of money early in the season. Hopefully I can make it back down the stretch. They're playing some pretty good defense. The young players and Monty Williams seem to finally have kind of figured their shit out. And despite them still not really winning games or at least covering. And I am going to bet them. I gave it out a plus nine. It's plus eight and a half. You could still get a plus nine at FanDuel. I'm taking the Pistons plus nine. And I'm sprinkling a quarter unit on the money line, which is plus 315 on FanDuel. I'll get into a little more of why, but do you want anything to do with this game? Mm, probably not, but I, I don't hate it. And um, part of it is that the Pistons have actually played the Cavs pretty well this season. The Cavs are coming off a double overtime loss to the Bulls. They were teetering on a loss anyways. They haven't actually been playing all that great over the last five games. And this is now, uh, I got to count all these games again, but since the 25th, we got actually since the 22nd. So what would that be? Eight days. Um, They've, now we're gonna the, this will be their sixth game. So twenty second, twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty five, thirty nine nine days. I apologize. So, but still, six games and nine nights is a lot of basketball to be playing. Um, and the Pistons are trying. I mean, they they're they're trying for Monty Williams. So I kind of like the Pistons. If I had to pick, I'd probably take them uh, with the eight and a half points. Um, But I don't know that I'll actually get there. I probably will put it in the uh, the parlay for this Friday. Gotcha. Yeah, one of the few things that they do is play good three-point defense. The Cavs, like most teams, but Cavs more so, like to chuck threes. I think Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey can at least put up a decent little fight against Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, who is questionable as is Karis LeVert. If either one of those guys miss, obviously I'd feel better about Donovan Mitchell missing, but if either one of them miss, I feel like that's worth at least a half point to the line. And Beef Stewart, Beef Stew, excuse me, Jalen Duran, they mm-hmm. can at least like 
pose a match uh, or, or make Jared Allen and Evan Mobley work. So, I don't know. I just feel like Cleveland was really hot a couple weeks ago, and now they're starting to fall back down to earth, at least since the All-Star break. Um, and the Pistons actually have a higher non-garbage time net rating since the All-Star break than the Cavs. And the Cavs played the Wizards and Sixers without Joel Embiid. So I'm pulling the trigger on Detroit tonight. And uh, they've made me some money recently. Hopefully they can continue to do so because Lord knows I need it. I hear you. Next game. I have a feeling. I was going to say we're going to be on the same side, but I never know with you, man. I never know with you. You play derivatives. You play player props. You throw me handicapping curveballs. But the Charlotte Hornets at the Philadelphia 76ers, the 76ers are 11-point favorites, um, even 11.5 at some points. So maybe something happened in the injury report. But I like the Hornets, plus 11 Actually, 11.5, which you can get it at DraftKings. I just don't think the 76ers are playing well enough lately to be laying this kind of a number. Um, they could be without three starters with Kelly Oubre, quest- Oubre questionable, excuse me, but they're definitely going to be without D'Anthony Melton and obviously Joel Embiid. And I think if you like look real hard, the Hornets roster is not that bad. Like I think Miles Bridges and Tobias Harris pretty much cancel each other out. Tyrese Maxey is definitely the best player on the court. No arguing that, but Brendan Miller, I think is, and will be a baller. And the Hornets got some three point shooters coming off the bench. Seth Curry, Davis Bertans, and this guy whose name I can't really pronounce. He's a rookie. Looks like he smokes cigarettes. He's from Europe. Vasily Michichich. Dude gives him pretty solid minutes. And he was actually pretty good for OKC. So I don't think, I think obviously Philly's depth is pretty, um, they don't have a lot of depth because of all the injuries. So I think the Hornets can come within the number. Starting to feel square about it though. What do you think? Um, I don't necessarily hate it. Uh, I, Yikes. I don't, I don't know that backing the Hornets in a third and four back-to-back with travel is a great proposition. Didn't they quit? But, what do you mean? I mean, they looked like they quit last night as much as the Bucks. Oh, I disagree. I was I was watching part of that game, and they definitely brought the game back. I mean, they were down 30 points or something like that. They lost by 12. So um, they, they tried for sure. Um no, they weren't down 30 points. They were down 20, 20 points at halftime. Um, 19 points at halftime, sorry. And then they lost by 12. So a little bit more effort. But it, just watching the game, like they, they were trying in the second half still to at least make it reasonable, try and get back into the game. Um, I don't know. I, I would stay away from it personally. I am only seeing Ubre as the game time decision. I know you're talking about Embiid. Who would be the third starter? Melton. Melton, yeah. He played a yeah, couple bat games. Yeah. Um, um I don't know. Philly, yeah, it's hard to back Philly. I wouldn't say that you're gonna take him, but this could be one of those spots where the Philadelphia seventy sixers go like, guys, let's let's kick the crap out of the Hornets because we need like a get right, feel good win. 
with all these losses piling up. I mean, since January 25th, they've lost 12 games and only won four. So they're four and 12 since, since January 25th. You got to look at games like this and be like, we still need to kind of win some games. This is an easy one for us to win. Let's, let's take this one down. Now, will they do it by 12 points? I don't know. I I guess not. Um, I guess it's possible they don't, but I just won't play it. I'm I'm not going to play it either way. Yeah. This is kind of where me and you differ. um, And I need to use more of your stuff um, when looking at these games. Cause I just, I don't even try to get in these guys' brains. Like, yeah, you think they should want to crush the Hornets, but I don't know. Yeah. That doesn't always work. So, yeah, but whatever. All right. Next game, uh, Dallas Mavericks at the Boston Celtics, seven thirty tip off. I think it's an ESPN game. The Boston Celtics are currently, Nine point favorites totals two thirty seven and a half. I have a lean here towards the over when it was two thirty five and a half. So it's up two points. Hmm. What are you thinking in this game? Yeah, I'd lean towards the over as well. Uh, two thirty seven and a half right now is fine. Anyways, you know this is the thing that I'm thinking here. I just took a loss on the over um, between the Mavericks and the Raptors and the Raptors don't have nearly the offensive capabilities that the Celtics do. Um, And I think there were like almost 260 points or something like that in that game. So to me, this one kind of screams like take the over and move on. You also got Friday night Luke here. Oh yeah. And, and it's on ESPN. So 32 and a half points looks pretty tasty for him. Uh, this is a isn't a great spot for the Mavs, and that's kind of reflected in the uh, the spread here. But I do kind of like this over. I, I think uh, both teams will probably be able to put up some pretty decent numbers in this one. Now, just to be clear, the first game between the two, the Celtics won by nine, and it was only 229 points. So you're still looking for another nine points out of that. Um, Celtics are just really good at home. Maybe the best play would be to just do something with them in the first half because they um, they dominate the first half, especially at home. Uh, they're really good. Their team total in the first half is 63.5 points. I'm not sure that I want to depend on them to score at least 32 in each quarter, but uh, I do. I kind of like the, the over for this game. Dude, Luca, his last five Friday night games is averaging 46 points per game. He put up 73 on a Friday, I think, against the Hawks. He did, yeah. But that's obviously skewering the numbers, too. So, Or skewing, not skewering. Not really. I mean, a little 73? bit. Yeah, but, but he, he, I think he scored at least 30 in every one of the games. In four, but you're saying four games? Five games, his last five Friday games. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't go anywhere, listeners. I'm we're going gonna get, somewhere. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Luca, day, Friday. I'm putting it in my little machine here. Put it in. 2023. He's, played five. He's played five games. He's yeah, got. On a Friday. What's up? Yeah, on a Friday, five games. He's got 49, 34, 44, 32, 73. What did you say the, the his point total was? 32 and a half? Yeah, 32 and a half. So he's 
only got one game that went under and it went under by a half. Yeah. He had 32 or 33 against Boston. The first time they played. Friday and Luca, baby. There's going to be some buckets. And Drew Holiday and Derek White shoot much better at, at home. I, I say this all the time, but you can count on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to get their numbers. But Derek White and, and Drew Holiday, if they're clicking offensively, Celtics are pretty much impossible to beat. Yeah. This is a back-to-back – or uh, this is the last game, too, of uh, the road trip for Dallas. It's tired legs and not getting back on D? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think the over is the best look here. I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm in on that one. All right, cool. It's more of a lean because I'm waiting for the official starting five. I'm, I, I've been scarred. Luke is probably going to play, right? Yeah, he'll play. He's questionable, I, but he's been questionable yeah. a lot recently, according to you. Yes, he has. Right. He's got like a broken nose or something. He just doesn't wear a mask. Whatever. He's fine. Yeah. Next game, Golden State Warriors at the Toronto Raptors. I have the Warriors beating the Raptors 121 to 114. Um, And after looking at the game further, I couldn't find a good reason to not bet the Warriors, who have cost me a lot of money this year. And fading the Raptors lately has been a little unsuccessful for me, even though I did get them with the Mavericks over the Raptors. So one of my uh, four best bets for Friday is going to be the Warriors minus three and a half. I think it's still at minus three and a half. You can Um, find minus threes too. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually there's minus two and a halves. So I would play minus three. Um or minus two and a half at, at FanDuel or BetMGM, definitely. Are you staying away from this game? Do you have, like, a player prop? Uh, I would actually kind of lean towards Golden State on your side. This isn't, again, this is not a great spot for them. They have to go to Canada. Or they had to go through customs after beating the, um, the Knicks last night. This is third and four with a back-to-back with travel versus a team who's at home and, you know, sitting there waiting for them. Uh but the Raptors are just not that great. The Raptors also beat the Warriors the first time they played, which was in January. Uh, the Raptors won that one, 133 to 118. Uh, they still had um, R.J. Barrett, or they, they had R.J. Barrett at that time, who absolutely lit him up, but they still had Pascal Siakam in the game. He only had 16 points, so you know, not that big a deal. I, I just kind of feel like this is one of those games where um, – the Warriors are going to come out and, and just try and handle business. I, I would say that maybe the first half is a better look for them in particular, but the way their defense is playing right now, the way the team is going, three points seems like it should be a, a pretty easy one for the Warriors to take care of. They are without Andrew Wiggins, just so everybody knows um, that he's not expected to play in this game at least. Um he had more personal stuff, I guess, which who knows how long he'll be gone now. But uh, the team's rolling, and they're they're playing three young guys in their starting lineup now, and their their bench is the old guys, which is actually kind of nice. Um, it's working for them, so I'd take I'd take Warriors in this. Yeah, like they have a decent starting five off the bench. You got Gary yeah. Payton Jr., Chris Paul, Clay Thompson. Uh, Kevon Looney, who maybe Dario Saric. I mean, yeah. 
I take that team over the Wizards. I'll tell you that. Yep. So yeah, uh, Toronto's defense has been really bad. Uh, generally speaking, they don't defensive rebound very well and low key golden state, like crashes the glass, like crazy. That guy pods and Kaminga are, are, are crashing the glass a lot. So trace Jackson Davis. Yep. Trace Jackson Davis. So they've been hustling their asses off. And if Toronto's going to continue to leave three point shooters wide open, you know, golden state's got the three point shooters to make them pay. Um, Obviously, if, if Clay goes cold or or Curry goes cold, then it's a different story. But I'm going to bet them to be hot tonight. Hopefully, they come through for me. Next game, the uh, Indiana Pacers at the New Orleans Pelicans. This is the second of a back-to-back between these two teams. The Pacers won and covered the first leg or the first game of this little mini-series. I know because I bet the Pelicans. They almost covered for me despite being down by double digits for a lot of the game, but they're minus five at home. Uh, The total is 239. I know I should be betting the Pelicans here, but I won't because they let me down so often. They piss me off, and they're pretty much on the ban list. I can't get these guys right. I love Brandon Ingram, love Herbert Jones, but that love has cost me, and I'm not betting these assholes. What are you thinking? Yeah, I kind of hate the situation, to be honest, that they're in. Um, Why? It's Don't you feel me on like the zigzag theory? Yes. No, 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 no. I, I do. But the biggest issue that I have here is they're coming off of a road trip where I think it was actually pretty successful. How many did they win on that one? Um, let's see. They went one and one. Okay. They're coming home for one game, and then they go back out on the road. And I don't like those particular situations. Um, Pelicans are good at home. And I I mean, looking at the game, yeah, they can't, the Pelicans did come back against the Pacers. They tried hard. It was a bad spot overall for the Pelicans in that last one. Um, Pacers are a good team though. Like that you can't just assume that they're going to lose this game. If I had to pick, I'd take the Pelicans, but I'm not sure that I, I'm going to get there. All right. Any player props jumping out to you? Did, did my guy Herbert Jones cash that over that I was leaning towards for his three point prop? Let me see. Good question. I don't know. The one that I kind of like in this is uh Zion over 20. It looks like 24 and a half now. Um, the Pacers are, decent at protecting the outside shot, but they kind of just let the middle of the lane wide open. And that's where Zion can really make a difference. He was 10 of 20 against um, the Pacers for 23 points the other night. Uh, I think McCollum was back in that game, wasn't he? Yeah, he played 23 points. Yeah. Um, And then at, at home, Zion's averaging 22. I, I don't know. I, I think with the amount of points that should be available in this game, I, I think Zion over is a is a good look. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if he's going to get that kind of volume, I'll definitely take him to go over. Yeah. So. 20, yeah, 20 shots he should be able to. And now that they're at home. Valanciunas yeah. scored zero points last game. What's up with that? Just <laughs> Mouse turn just shut his ass down. Fair yeah. enough. Hey, 
Miles Turner gonna... is a guy I flip-flopped on in recent years. I kind of like him now after hating him for a couple of years. Well, it was like the Pacers were trying really hard to try and trade him, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, actually, you know what? This guy's not bad. Let's yeah. let's keep him around. The f- a, ran- a random thing. I guess it's not that random because it's Pacers and Miles Turner related, but we're about to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, Sacramento Kings. Carl Anthony Towns like owns Miles Turner. I don't know why, but he 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 pretty much drops thirty on him every single time they play. It's yeah. it's a weird thing that like I almost like instinctively bet every time there's a Pacers Timberwolves game. Colony Downs is going to give Miles Turner the business. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't like can't call Anthony Downs, but he can get some buckets. Speaking of which, Minnesota Timberwolves six point favorites as they host the Sacramento Kings. I like the Sacramento Kings as underdogs, but right now, De'Aaron Fox is questionable. Timberwolves do have Anthony Edwards questionable and uh, Kyle Anderson, a.k.a. Slow-Mo, doubtful. So that's why they're only six-point favorites. I saw it at six and a half, seven. Um, Either way, it's Kings or pass, but I'll officially pick pass here. What are your thoughts? Uh, I would probably be on the other side. If I had to bet it now, I, I would advise no one to bet this game until you find out Fox's status, which could take quite a while. I took the Nuggets the other day, even not being sure if Fox was going to play or not. I thought it was a good spot for the Nuggets. Um, this, to me, I, I do think the Timberwolves probably will win the game. Um, but with Fox in there, the, the Kings are just a way different uh a different but they're a different team they're better obviously um two games so far both times the road team has won kings won 124 to 111 i want to say that was a in-season tournament game but i could be wrong um let me check let's try and see here it's loading up it is it was an in-season tournament play uh fox had 36 points and 32 shots that game (laughs) yeah yeah, really efficient. Um, so that was kind of uh, that's one of those games where I think the Timberwolves might might have wanted revenge. They're really good at home. Kings aren't great away from home. I, I don't know. I'd lean towards the Timberwolves to win this game um, and probably cover, but you you can't really always back them. Unfortunately, they they do some stupid things sometimes and just make the mistakes that, you know, young teams do, but I have been very hard on Chris Finch and I'm still going to say that I think he sucks as a coach, but yeah, they're not young. Anthony Edwards is young. Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert are veterans. Carl Anthony Towns is a veteran. Yeah, that's fair. They're just, they're just dipshits. (laughs) Honestly, that's all it is. It's that simple. And uh, you, I'm not someone that usually calls out coaching because I don't really know how to give um, suggestions and how to pr- improve it, but I'm kind of left just wondering, yeah, maybe Chris Finch does suck. Maybe that is the issue. Um, anyways, uh, the next game here on the card, Portland Trailblazers at the Memphis Grizzlies. This is something I want nothing to do with. Um, I have the Trailblazers beating the Grizzlies 108 to 106. So that would say there should be some value in the over because the total is 207 and a half. 
Um, it also give a slight value to the Trailblazers because the Grizzlies are slightly favored. One, one and a half, depending on where you look. But I'm not going to bet this game because there are eight starters missing um, for both teams. I actually looked up how much tickets cost. They're selling. There are tickets in like the lower level that are $900. I'm pretty sure they're courtside, but it's like you guys have the fucking nerve to sell tickets at $900 courtside. Like I remember when I first started working for the Clippers or the year that I worked for the Clippers, veteran Clipper salesman would tell me stuff like people would get in the building for like $20 and negotiate like courtside seats for like a hundred bucks. And that's pretty much where these games are currently, right? Or what these teams are currently. I know the Clippers back in the day were pretty miserable, but if you look at these starting five uh, for both teams, starting fives for both teams, it's it's a joke. Lamar Stevens is the starting center for the Grizzlies. I watch a lot of basketball. I never fucking heard of that guy. Uh, Jordan Goodwin is starting for the Grizzlies. Uh, who else is starting for... We got Kamara, Dupe Roth for the Trailblazers, Chris Murray. I know his brother. I mean, this is a joke. I've spent probably too much time talking about it. Do you have a player prop or any angle here? Anthony Simons will be the best player on the court. I, I, mean, think. I, I don't even agree with that. I actually like Jeremy Grant. Are you not a Jeremy Grant fan? I'm not. Okay. I, I think Simons is better than him. Um, I, I agree, but I don't think Simons has a role. Whereas Jeremy Grant can play defense, like he's okay as a role player, as a three and D guy. I don't. I yeah. think Simons wants the ball in his hands and feels yeah. like the Simons offense should go through Dame. me. Yeah, he wants to be Dame, and he's not. Uh, so that kind of but, lack of self, that kind of self unawareness to me gives an edge to Jeremy Grant in that conversation. If I'm looking at these two teams and I'm saying which one has tried more in the last like month, it was the Grizzlies. They were actually pretty competitive against the Timberwolves. They're at, you know, they're at home. They they have a ton of guys who are looking for like their where they're going to play next year. And we we were talking about this uh, when they played the Timberwolves last time. You just never know what you're going to get from them. I'm not betting this game one way or the other. It doesn't make any sense. The only thing I will say is I think Anthony Simons can get over 25, 24 and a half points. I think he could put up 40 in this game if he wants to, because there's nobody on either side that's really going to stop him. And Jaron Jackson Jr. is out of this game. He would have been who I probably would consider the best player in the game outside of, uh, or if, if he was starting or playing, uh, but he's not. So I don't know. Grant or Simons, whichever one you want to pick, one of them is going to go over the total and have a pretty big game. So it'd be one of those ones if you're interested in those ladder things. This would be the one that I would think, like, put a sprinkle on Simons to get 30, to get 35, to get 40 points, because I think he could potentially do it in this one, because who else is out there to score? And if if the Trailblazers actually want to win, he'll be the reason that they do it. And if the Grizzlies actually want to win, then maybe Simon's Simon's doesn't even get to 25 points. So who knows? But that's the one look that I had. I I do like Simon's over. I'm not personally going to play it 
but again, just kind of the analysis that I went through today. He didn't play in either of the first two games between them, by the way. Okay. I'm sorry. I kind of zoned out. You <laughs> All good. I uh, I have nothing to add to the Trailblazers Timberwolves. I shot my load in my little uh, in my little spiel. Um, actually, I did listen to the Anthony Simons ladder play. I I like him as like a spot up shooter. Um, if he can fill that role, and to your point, there is like no resistance from the Grizzlies backcourt. But also to your point, they've actually tried hard. And yeah. they played pretty good defense despite being seriously undermanned. So, yeah, this, yeah. If you're betting on this game, you have a serious gambling problem. Or, I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't think that's fair. I think I do. I think. <laughs> okay, uh, let, me, let me put it to you this way: If someone like you or I were gambling on this game, guys who make volume plays, I think you kind of have a problem. Just like chalk this one up but if they're if you're like one of these guys if you if you have an edge f it right like oh for sure you know like go ahead and give it a shot but i don't see how you can find one here because some of these guys are g league players um a game that you talked me into slightly i'm not sure if you're still on on it hopefully you are but the milwaukee bucks at the chicago bulls um, unfortunately, I think it's the second of the ESPN doubleheader this Friday. The Milwaukee Bucks are up to five point favorites. Totals at two twenty two and a half. I got the Bucks um, beating the Bulls one nineteen to one eleven. So it's a go for me. I bet the Bucks minus four. I guess I'd still play it at four and a half. What do you th- What are your thoughts? Take the Bucks. I took them last night, and this is. Uh, I think as easy of a play as I could find today. Um, the Bulls are coming off a double overtime victory where they spent their entire, like you just talked about spending your load, they spent their entire load trying to come back and beat the um, Cavs. They, they have did. to go to the, they have to go to the West Coast after this. Uh, they're playing Sacramento. Milwaukee goes home, but they get two days off after this game. Bulls do too, but still, this is now, I think this is their third game in four nights, and one of those games was a double overtime game. Am I wrong? No. Third game in four nights, one double overtime. Um, they usually play the Bucks pretty well. They've actually gone one and two against the Bucks this year. They've had two of those games go to overtime. Um, the home team has won all of the games. But this is a different Bucks team as well. Uh, this is the first one that Rivers will be around for. Not that I think he makes that big of a difference, but uh, the Bucks are trying on defense. They have kind of figured some things out. I think they're going to kill the Bulls in this game. I would not be surprised if they if they win by like fifteen or twenty points. Do you th- do you think the Bucks are better off with Doc Rivers than the previous guy? than the previous guy yes i don't think they are better than i don't think they're better off than last year with but yeah with yeah i Um, agree i love buttonholzer i kind of like doc too i think i think i think they'll be better and they've already shown defensive improvement granted they haven't played very good teams since the all-star break but i 
I know, I, I know Doc Rivers chokes playoff series and the 76ers and Clippers tenure ultimately were underwhelming. I do think the Bucks have a better chance to win the championship with him instead of the, I don't, Adrian Griffin, the previous guy. Yeah, I do think yeah. so. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, you're you're not really saying anything too crazy. Griffin was, did he ever have a, a head coaching job before? I don't no. think he did. So you know, and then you give him two superstars. I don't know. The, the Bucks were were fine though before they just played no defense and. I'm not sure that Rivers is exactly like doing anything other than maybe telling them, hey, guys, you need to actually play some defense right now, now that the season is running, like wearing down. I don't know. But, you know, even an example of that 222 and a half points for a Bucks game this season, those like flew over. The Bucks were scoring 120 every game, and so were their opponent. <laughs> like, so that just kind of gives you a little bit of context of like where the book thinks not only the Bucks defense are, but the Bulls defense and also probably the the tiredness because this is a back-to-back with travel for the Bucks as well. So it's not the best spot in the world, but I do think that the Bucks win this with ease. Great. Well, it's a Jeff and David Eskimo play. There you go. Uh, final game here, Washington Wizards at the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers are 16-point favorites, mostly across the board. If you want to bet them um, at a cheaper price, you can get 15.5 at Caesars. The total is 237. Um, I lean towards the under when it was 239, so seeing it come down. Um, at least I know that my head was in the right spot, but... Um, I wouldn't play under unless Paul George misses another game. I know he's questionable. He could return. Not sure what the latest is on him. Um, I will say Washington does like to speed up the pace, and they can't play any defense. This could be a get-right spot for the Clippers offense. So that's what ultimately kept me off the total, even though I like the Clippers to beat the Wizards 122-127. to 127. So... I have it being a 129 total. Total is currently 237. I don't have anything else in this game. Maybe I can think of stuff when you're um, giving your preview. But what do you think? I mean, I think you need to find out if George is in there or not. If he doesn't play, uh, I think it is kind of reasonable to expect them, the Wizards to at least hang with the Clippers in the first half. And they're getting nine points right now, which is a lot for a half. Um, and they... The Wizards came out a lot better and played a lot better than I expected them to yesterday. Going cross-country is usually a pretty hard game for them to to play in. Um, but they didn't get the opportunity to really like go out and party tonight, for example, uh, because they had the back-to-back in L.A. If this was Sunday, I think 16 would be an easy number for the, the Clippers to cover. Um, and it still might be. But... Part of me thinks that the Wizards come out, try in the first half, and if they fall apart or they can't make it happen, they just pack it in and the Clippers win by 20 or more. Okay. Oh. Do you have an official best bet here on the Friday card? Did sure. you, did you, wait, did you do your F around Friday parlay yet? I was putting some of it together here. I, there's still a couple games that I probably need to throw in. Um, but I don't know. All right, we're going to have to force it. What, what do you like tonight? 
Uh, I would say my my favorite bet tonight is Bucks minus four. That's what I got it at. It's at four and a half now. Yeah, yeah, I'd put it up to five, but I got Bucks minus four as well. I got the Hornets plus eleven, which feels square and square. I bet the Warriors minus three and a half. You can bet minus two and a half, and I'm gonna take the Pistons. I already bet it plus nine. Plus three fifteen money line. Pretty sure it's down to thing and a half is the widely available number. So I'd play it down to plus seven and a half, frankly. So you're good there. Um, at least as far as I'm concerned. Which maybe I'm not the best guy to listen to. David definitely is. Um David, no, where no, can people fine. check out more of your NBA betting content? So for NBA, uh, I do the podcast and then also beating the bookie. I have a package there with him. Um, so beating the bookie.com and you get 30 days of plays and access to me for questions or any of that kind of stuff. And then all the other stuff that I write about is on outkick. Awesome. Uh, I'm looking at the Monday schedule right now. We got the Clippers at the Bucks, thunder at the Lakers, Chicago at Sacramento, um, six games in total. So maybe we talk to you guys then. Um, if not, most likely be Tuesday, which there's a nine game slate for. But um, either way, best of luck to you guys um, over the weekend, betting college basketball, NBA, whatever. And baseball is coming soon. So me and David will probably connect for a uh, MLB 2024 preview. Look out for that later this month. But until next week, peace, y'all.